Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. In this episode, we're talking yoga with Laura Hyman. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 187. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me today. If you've listened to me for a while or followed me on Instagram, then you may know that I love yoga. So I am always happy to chat about yoga on the podcast. I've had a couple of episodes about yoga in the past, and I'm bringing another one to you today that I am equally excited about. This one is from Laura Hyman. She is an international yoga pioneer and physical therapist who is focused on evolving the practice of yoga to empower movement and balance amidst a modern lifestyle of technology and sedentariness, or just having a sedentary lifestyle. She's redefining the modern practice of yoga through her comprehensive LIT method, it's L-Y-T method, that emphasizes smart alignment, functional movement, and spiritual wellness. Through its holistic connection between body and mind, Laura's methodology is a clear and influential roadmap to ignite the spirit to operate at its highest potential. She's a mother of two, and she also has a special pre and postnatal series on her platform to help expecting and new mothers build and hold onto energy before, during, and after birth. 
Laura has a big audience. She has 138,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, she has a popular podcast herself called Redefining Yoga, and I'm really excited to have this chat today where we will dive all into what her lit yoga method is, the LYT yoga method, why it is different than other types of yoga, why it's important to pay attention to the way we move because it impacts our intelligence, our mood, and our energy, as well as our habits. Of course, we will talk about prenatal and postnatal yoga, how movement can help you get things in place, how movement can help you build and, and hold on to your energy before, during, and after birth. She's going to explain exactly what that means. We also touch on rectus diastasis and so much more. You are going to enjoy this episode as always. Now, before we get into the episode, let me do a quick listener shout out. This is from Lindsay623867. And the title of the review says, Better Than My Birthing Classes. And the review says, This podcast is the best in all caps for anyone who's pregnant. It was so much more in depth than my birthing classes. And Dr. Rankins is so informative while also being warm and positive. I ended up having a pretty complex and traumatic first labor, but I felt mentally prepared because I'd learned so much from this podcast and understood what was happening at each stage of my delivery. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for that lovely, lovely kind review. I'm so glad that the podcast was able to help you despite having a complex and traumatic first labor. I hope that you and your baby and your family are doing well despite that. And I appreciate you taking the time to leave that review. Now, if you love the podcast, then let me tell you, you can take things to the next level by joining the birth preparation course, my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. It is completely online. You can do it at your convenience. You can do it with your partner and it covers everything from mindset to the details of labor and birth to making a birth plan to the postpartum period to possible scenarios that may happen. And it's organized in a very smart, efficient and easy to understand and digestible way. So check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Also, in the spirit of the holiday season, this is coming out in December, I am collecting donations to help give away five spots for mamas in the birth preparation course. And if that is something that you are interested in donating to, to help, I would love, love, love if you would help me do that. You can head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash gift. You can give any amount that works for you. You can donate as little as a couple dollars all the way up to whatever amount that you would like. Um, I know I have such a wonderful, amazing community who loves to support other mamas, and this would just be a great thing to do. So check it out. You can head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash gift, anything that you can appreciate to help donate those spots. I would be most grateful. All right, let's get into the episode and a quick warning. The audio on my side is a little bit less than, or um, not as um, tight as it usually is. We had a little issues with the recording software. So forgive me with that, but hopefully you can still enjoy it and still and get the great content. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you, Lara, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am super excited to talk about what you do. I think it's really cool. Really interesting. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm always interested in talking to other women who have podcasts and are doing inspirational work in the world. So very grateful to be here. Oh, awesome. Well, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your work and your family, if you'd like. Sure. I am a mama of two. Um, my son just turned 17 and I have a almost 20 year old daughter. And I have been a physical therapist and yoga teacher for over 27 years. I became oh. a, uh, yeah, I became a yoga teacher after I finished grad school at Duke, which we both went to. Is, yep. Um, and I'd always loved movement. I'd always loved 
the mind body connection even before i recognized what that was you know in the sense that we talk about it now i was very tuned in to how i felt and especially how i felt when i was moving my body and how it made me feel a deeper level of joy and so i always was interested in moving and helping people move better and then i that's how i went into physical therapy and when i moved up to new jersey after i graduated from grad school i was i'd already been teaching aerobics and hip hop and step mm-hmm. and you know then i got certified in spinning and so i was just lo- i loved um teaching fitness and i kind of stumbled across yoga not knowing what yoga was about 27 years ago it was not anything like it is today no not at all <laughs> not at all right so i thought it was like sitting around in front of candles and chanting and um and it, the fortunately the kind that i tried really spoke to me it was it was more of a power vinyasa class and i loved the movements and the sequences and the expressiveness of it, it reminded me of dance which i had already also been a um i was really serious about dance in high school mm. And so I, you know, just like most things, I think when we love something, we want to share it, especially for, I was already in that track of teaching. So I wanted to share it and it was, there weren't many yoga teachers around at that time. And so I just started um, exploring DVDs and books and, and, and so those early years were really self-taught. And I followed kind of the typical vinyasa blueprint and vinyasa is translated in a lot of different ways it actually means to put things in a particular order but we often just generically say it's a flow so it's a more movement oriented than Mm -hmm. more of a still practice Mm -hmm. and i did that for a while at simultaneous to that i was in um, practicing in a clinic and i went back and got my postgraduate um, specialization in neurodevelopmental training, which is really focusing on the neurology, the brain development, how you can help someone as a PT when they've suffered a brain insult. And the techniques were so fascinating, you know, really, especially after having kids, being able to observe the same developmental patterns that I was learning about in this um, neurodevelopmental world. And then I started, being curious. I think that's my biggest trait is I'm always curious about how I can integrate these this knowledge in a deeper way. And my curiosity really stemmed from the fact that I, as a PT, began to see how the more kind of classical vinyasa practice had some gaps in terms of functional sustainability, you know, how it was emphasizing in range of motion, wasn't really welcoming to everyone and um, could in fact, you know, lead to injury, which many people Mm. have talked about. And I began to wonder if I employed some of this, these techniques I was using with very involved stroke patients with able-bodied people, what that would do to their practice. So I essentially, in my own laboratory way, created what is now known as the LIT yoga method. LIT stands for Lara's Yoga Technique. But it's really an acronym and a onomatopoeia, really, that makes you feel lit up, you know, because it's like we want to feel awake and alive as humans, as mothers, as professionals, as women, as men. Um, And this type of yoga really just spurred such a creativity and a juice in me. Um, And I found that it did that for others as well. And so that I've been doing that. I opened up a brick and mortar yoga studio. I had that for nine years, right up until COVID. Mm -hmm. But I had also started an online platform because as I was traveling and teaching and doing workshops, I was getting more people that were not in my state that were more worldwide. And I wanted to reach to them as well. So I had already started that pre-COVID. right? And um, it really expanded a lot during COVID. And and so now I mostly do online trainings. I have an online platform um, that has over 800 classes. And it's really, 
infusing the physical therapy um, understanding of the body with the yoga practice, which is universally about you know being more awake, paying more attention, um, raising your consciousness. So it's been a just a beautiful journey to that, and it's and it's it's really informed my motherhood, my um, my my community, my friendships. So it spills out in all the ways um, that has made my life feel a lot more joyful for sure. Oh, I love that. So that's, that's, that's awesome. How you took two worlds and like saw the, how you get pull from the physical therapy to connect with yoga and then create something that you felt could serve more people in a broader way. So that's really, really cool. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. Sounds like you've had all types of training and things to, to do what you do between physical therapy, yoga, additional training, all of that good, great stuff. Yes. Yes. I've done a lot of, um, I've done yoga trainings as well. And, um, but a lot of what I do is really pulled more from the functional, um, anatomy world. Mm-hmm. I've also gotten trained in, in fascial reintegration. So, and, and, you know, all of that I, I bring into my teaching because what I really aim to do, um, is educate people about their bodies. You know, we, we walk around in this vessel that, unless you go to medical school or PT school, you're, you're not equipped to understand it because we just don't place that emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, it, it, you know, it holds us, it moves us, it helps us breathe better. It helps us feel better. It, it, we, at, you know, at a cellular level, we're always trying to find this state of balance, this homeostasis that really, um, is the, is the root of, of growth and potential. Yes. Uh, all, all great, fantastic things. And I think it's important that people understand that you're, you, you know, these days, especially, it seems like a lot of folks kind of pop up online and, and, and do things, but you, you take a very serious approach to your work and, and what you do. And this is really, um, not just passion, but you put the work behind the passion as well. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I, I know there's a lot of personal trainers and yoga um, teachers and other kind of fitness professionals who are very um, knowledgeable. They, you don't have to be a PT, but uh, there is a big gap in there still that um, people that are teaching others about movement practices might not understand all the nuances and the, again, the sustainability, you know, we want to, we want to take good care of our bodies so we can be moving well and functional and safe for, for decades. You know, we don't have to have this. I always say we don't have, it's, it's not inevitable. We're going to just shrivel up and die, you know, like we (laughs) have a really long journey into that. (laughs) Like we can, if we practice for today, the way we want to practice in the future, we can really age well and joyfully and still do all the things we want to do. And, you know, and that includes stuff outside of yoga, like going on a long hike with your grandkids or playing around and and not feeling like you are limited by your body. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that, um, when you wrote in that was included in the, um, the information 
was you talked about how paying attention to the way we move impacts our intelligence, our mood, our energy, and our habits. So what do you mean by that? Well, we are a bit wired to conserve energy. You know, that's just our evolutionary track. And it served us really well when we were moving all around and foraging. And um, But that is not in our modern day lifestyle mm-hmm. for the majority of the people. Um, we have limited our movement experiences. We have really, really uh, become much more sedentary. And so that kind of path of least resistance is so present. And when you are not exerting energy, you're probably not producing much either. You also are not growing your brain. You know, when we go through these patterns as children, from the womb to being bipedal, that's what grows our brain. It's movement mm. that actually grows the brain. And to, to continue to be fresh and to have this energy in the brain, there has to be a curiosity. There has to be a novelty. Your brain pays attention when you're doing something new. It does not need to pay attention when you're doing something habitual. So when you are doing, so when we're on the mat, it is a canvas of exploration and inquiry. Like how can I move and how can I move really functionally well, meaning I'm moving in my joints, I'm stabilizing well in the center of the body, which is the core. And doing that with good breathing patterns, not compensating by overly using, you know, these muscles that are really overused a lot in daily life, like a forward head. A lot of people have a lot of tension in their neck. And believe it or not, they try and stabilize from their neck, which is not a very um, productive way to, to move. So it's really paying attention to create better movement habits, to un, kind of undo some of the suboptimal movement habits and postural habits that do make us feel lower in our energy and that aren't efficient. You know, so some people will say, well, posture doesn't really you know, matter, which I argue vehemently against because posture is your, it's your starting point and it is going to predict to some degree how you move because the movement choices, the way the brain will fire for the um, muscles to move are predicted to some degree how you are habitually sitting, standing and moving. Right. And so when you pay attention, you can change that. You can say, hey, instead of using my back to bend over and come back up, I'm actually going to use my hips, which are ball and socket joints. They're circular. They're made to do that kind of movement of hip flexion, trillions of cycles. They're so equipped for that. Our back, our spine, and all the muscles surrounding that and the passive structures surrounding it are not made for that trillions of times. So when people talk about having back pain, the first thing I look at is, well, how are their hips moving? How are their ankles moving? The back is just the point of, you know, it's the victim of it. It's not the cause of it. So paying attention will make us more efficient. Efficiency, we are, we are bodies of energy. We get energy from the floor, the ground. Um, we get energy by holding our core more stable. And when we move well with our joints in the best alignment, it's like that current of it. It's like our insulation in a sense. Like it's really well, the energy flow is brilliant and it's um, potent. But when we don't move as well, when our joints aren't as aligned, we're, we're kind of losing some of that energy. It's, it's like having a little fray in the wiring, um, in the conduction around the wiring. And so moving well, paying attention, it's, you're, you're basically enhancing your energy. And I know mm-hmm. this because people will talk about how they wake up, they have more energy. They have sustained energy throughout the day. They're breathing better. They're more, they're more literally more awake in their brain um, because you're practicing that on the mat versus coming there and just kind of moving and paying a little bit of attention but in fact, you might be moving in the same way in this kind of suboptimal movement patterns in that path of least resistance, which isn't challenging and novel for the brain. Got it. Got it. Got it. And I can see how that can be especially important, paying attention to 
your body while you are pregnant, when you're going through all of these things and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this new normal, also postpartum as well. So let's talk a little bit about prenatal and postnatal yoga. Mm. Um, you talk about how your series focuses on movement, your prenatal postnatal prenatal postnatal series focuses on movement to properly um, get everything back in place. So what do you mean by that? Well, you know, when you're pregnant, um, you, if, if you're coming into pregnancy and you've already had a pretty good movement practice um, and that doesn't need, necessarily need to be yoga, it could be something else, but um, you're, you're setting yourself up for this, this, you know, nine month haul of change. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be better equipped not only to handle pregnancy, but to handle the birthing process, no matter what comes up in that, and then the recovery of it. And so, postnatal, when I talk about bringing things back together, inevitably, when you're growing a baby in your uterus, um, space has to be made. We have hormones called relaxin that are there to help us prepare for birth. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. But the, those relaxing um, hormones do what they, they sound like they're doing. They're, they relax things. And so there's this kind of feeling of like a little bit like spread everywhere, you know? And yep. so to bring everything back together and organize it is really important because, um, you know, you're doing things, you're picking up a baby, you're holding a baby, you're nursing, you're pulling around a car seat all of those things can be pulling on the tissues and on the ligaments in a way that um, can create some problems, which I see. I have a a big postnatal population. I mean, that's really where I started. Um, And, you know, moms, postnatal moms, they don't have necessarily the time and energy they think to take care of themselves in the same way. But my argument is you absolutely have to it doesn't have to be an hour practice. It could be 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Right. But you need to re like kind of pull everything back into the center of your body. So that's going to be the abdominals, of course, but all the other core muscles, which include, you know, your back, your scapula muscles, um, the pelvic floor muscles, which are part of the core, the bottom part of the core, all of that kind of harnessing and holding so that you can move, that you can pick up the baby, you can hold the baby, and that you've got support in your in your scaffolding. So really pulling that back together is super important. With pregnancy, a lot of people think the pelvis is impacted the most, but in fact, the lower thoracic spine and upper lumbar spine have the biggest change because hmm. that's where, yeah, it's and it's really fascinating to see people five, five months postpartum to five years who have not um, kind of addressed that because the pitch of the uterus going forward actually pulls the most on that upper lumbar spine. The pelvis may in fact not even tip that much. It's really the the growing and the um, expanding of the of abdominal wall. You know, 100% of women are going to have diastasis. You know, it is that's a, a, a normal occurrence as the uterus grows. Uh-huh. But as you as you organize again, you you can really um, retrain those muscles to hold better and to. I, I don't even really worry about that diastasis in the way that it's um, kind of like this got a big shock value for a lot of people. But it's like no, you just address it. Your body is knows how to heal itself, but give it the 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 proper um, alignment and feedback to help that strengthen again. And doing that, you have to address it from the back, I think, because so many people pitch their ribs forward and then they go to do abdominals and they're really doming. They're do- this is the, you know, everybody doesn't want to dome. You might have heard about that, but you're positionally, you're structurally positioned. You have to dome because you haven't gotten that upper lumbar lower thoracic pivot point. It's like a hinge point. You haven't gotten that back enough that you can get into the deeper abdominal wall. So it's very easy to, when you just start using the abs and you have hinged in that lower um, thoracic spine to just dome the rectus abdominis, the superficial muscle. So getting that back in space, 
harnessing some of the in the intercostal muscles that are in between the ribs that help to close the especially the internal ones which are deeper help to close like the corset of the rib cage to align it so the the thorax is over the pelvis so a lot of times the pelvis will tip because the thorax is tipped and that just happens so it's all of that kind of reorganizing it's it's not as heavy as it sounds right <laughs> but it does um it does require attention and 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 you know training with the per, a person who's going to really address that so you don't want to go back into like core training big movement patterns if the spinal alignment isn't in neutral sure because again you'll be more more likely more prone to that doming and that doming is what makes any diastasis that is present um, worse got it got it now is there anything that people can do during pregnancy to help set themselves up to be in a better place after pregnancy yes i mean you know i always have the caveat everybody's pregnancy is different and there are people who go through pregnancy and have no you know red flags or any contraindications so assuming that you don't have anything made majorly as a contraindication um, you want to just really keep moving in a variety of directions. In particular, keep your hips mobile. Um, keep your your spine in alignment as much as possible when you're upright, and that is hard when that when that you know the uterus goes forward. So you, I do a lot of work in that in that um, up the lower thoracic spine to help pull it back. So you're actually kind of pulling the uterus back a little bit, but just starting to get that memory there. It doesn't have to be a, a huge movement because when, even though people might've experienced that, that kind of, you know, pushing forward four or five months max, usually you don't experience that as much in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. That's what stays with you. So that's in your memory bank. So even though baby's out of the uterus, you're starting, the uterus is starting to shrink. The memory is still there to push the rib cage forward. So the more that you can do to continue to keep that mobilization in the lower thoracic, that awareness, um, that'll help as well. So hip mobility and hip strength is really great in the preparation and the recovery from birth. Um, you know, as the breasts grow, the shoulders are going to round forward. So trying to get some good um, scapula strengthening to help that. I, I call like the scapulas are like the little reins, you know, <laughs> and don't just think of pulling the humeral head back. Think of actually really drawing the scapula in toward the spine a little bit and then just kind of suction cupping it there. That's a neutral scapula. And all those muscles that are doing that are going to help you stay more upright, even as the weight of the breast grows and it's going to pull you more forward. So it's almost like predicting some of the changes and starting to really work on strengthening the muscles needed as those changes happen. Got it. Got it. And that's what your uh, yoga series focuses on. Am I understanding yes. that correctly? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. 
It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the all about pregnancy and birth community. Now back to the show. So you also say that um, it focuses on or helps people build and hold on to their energy. What do you mean by that? Well, like I was referencing before, um, energy is we're energetic bodies, right? So we know if you've been, you know, I just got back from a retreat. If I was in a plane, you know, you're on a plane for like five hours sitting in a car. It's, you know, you've done nothing and you feel tired, right? Yes. So it's like, <laughs> yes. Why is that? Why and, you am know, I tired? Like, and I've just yeah, why am I tired? Seat. I literally didn't exert anything. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's the whole thing is that energy requires an input. It requires um, that you're putting something in that is actually sparking, you know, it's like reconfiguring in an almost in a molecular way. Um, but if you're stagnant, your energy is stagnant. So energy is created again and conducted well when we are in this really lovely um, kind of more optimal posture. An optimal posture is not ever a single point, right? It's, it's, it's a spectrum. And it just means we're in the best alignment when our joints, which are two bones coming together, have the most congruency, have the most um, surface area, and that the energy flows through that surface area with vitality. When you're not in that kind of congruent state, it's also known as centrated, then there's there's a loss of energy. You the surface area isn't as um, robust, and so there is a, a, a loss of that energy. Now, loss of energy can make you feel not as you know not as awake. It can also um, make your body work harder, so you're less efficient, and that can translate into just being more tired and not having as much endurance. It can translate into an injury because you have strained an area. Um, that where there was an energy loss, instead of being able to hold in a collaborative way, I call like all the team players come in and do the work. So energy is, we can't see it, but we can feel it. And we have to know that energy travels through the body from the ground. It's called ground reaction force. I mean, it's what helps us stand up against the uh, gravitational forces. And then when we start moving in ways where gravity has more of an impact, not just straight up and down vertically, we have to hold using, a, again, this collaborative work of core musculature um, to maintain that energy, or we kind of leak it in the form of, you know, rounding and letting it go. And that, again, will translate into more fatigue, uh, muscle aches and pains. You know, I always tell people, if you're doing a movement practice and you still wake up every day with a lot of aches and pains, you have to reevaluate how you're performing that movement. Mm. Because when you're efficient and you're holding that energy in a way that is not overburdening one area and under um, activating another area, then um, you, won't, you won't feel that kind of soreness, that achiness. Your joints feel that way when there's been loss of energy. If you slump for like periods of time, you're going to get sore. And some of that is, you know, these receptors in your body that are kind of giving you a signal that we often ignore. Um, hey, you know, can you please move? Because I need to, I need to get the blood flowing. I get, the, I need to get the energy sparking because this is a lot of stagnancy and, and load. And so paying attention is you will find that when you pay attention in your movement practice, like how in lit yoga, you will hear those signals a lot quicker. And that is what holds on to your energy, where you don't ignore these beautiful communications we get from our body to our brain that, that are trying to tell us, hey, you, you need to do this because I, I really want to hold this vitality and I'm feeling kind of stuck. So I hope that answered the question. I could talk a lot about that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It, no, it does. It does indeed. And I just love how you are, um, it, it's, um, you have a, a depth to what you're doing that I don't think it, uh, necessarily a lot of people do or appreciate or 
understand. And it's, I don't think it's not like complex or anything, but it's just taking the body and really connecting with your body in a way that serves you in the best way possible. Exactly. That's what empowerment really is. It's really um, using all these tools to make ourselves feel more awake, more alive and more and feel the potential of whatever it is we want to do is, is available to us. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. So if someone is interested, they want to try prenatal yoga or they've had a baby and they want to hop into some postnatal yoga and they are completely new to it. What are some like two or three tips that you would give them? And maybe, I don't know if it's different for prenatal versus postnatal, but what would you say if somebody's like, completely new, they're thinking about hopping into yoga? Well, with prenatal, um, what I always say is if you've not done yoga, then this is probably not the time to get into a vigorous style of it. This is the time to do that kind of fun bonding with the baby. You know, they have these like mama yoga classes and they aren't necessarily really rigorous, but it's just Mm -hmm. getting to, um, enjoy and in fact really celebrate the changes in the body as opposed to like you know dread them and doing it in a community of other you know uh, pregnant moms if if you've not done that that's that is i think a good place to start it doesn't mean you can't do other forms of yoga like i would say you can do um some people come onto my platform and they haven't really done yoga and i will say okay start off with this foundational series and then check out the prenatal of how you can modify because the modifications in our prenatal are really more in the second and third trimester when you are contending with a, you know, a uterus that you can't, you know, you don't want to squish the baby. So um, (laughs) there's a lot of blocks and props for that, but it's still quite rigorous. Um, You always want to watch out for the heart rate. That's the big thing, um, especially in that second and third trimester. So I always say, you know, we're not, um, injured or in, disabled as pregnant women. Mm-hmm. It's actually important that we really, really stay strong, stay fit, because it is not a time to just sit around and, you know, eat bonbons, um, yeah, you know, unless, unless you're on bed rest. And right. um, hopefully most people won't get to that. So it's really important to stay strong because then your recovery is so, I mean, I see it in the people that do my training. I mean, they literally, and everybody's different, but they're back practicing in, you know, four to eight weeks. It, it's, you know, cause they've just done the preparation and then the, you know, the postnatal experience is just more joyful. <laughs> and then postnatal, um, is a great time. So that's a great time to start, you know, a, a lit yoga practice or another form of yoga. Uh, but really the biggest advice I would say is you know, honor what your body has, has, has really experienced, um, and how it's transformed and how it does have to, you know, re kind of recalibrate and be patient with that, be tender with yourself. You don't have to go into an hour long class. I always say, and this goes for anybody, I'd much rather you do 10 minutes, three, four times a day, than wait all day and do 40 minutes to an hour. Because you you need to get in the practice of moving and moving frequently, and um, so ease into it. Don't feel like you have to like get back in shape right away. Like that's a right. whole that's a bunch of BS. Really, I mean, all the stuff that I mean, moms are already like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Am I doing the last thing they need is to be judged by, you know, if they can fit back in their clothes. I mean, that's just that is not at all what I'm about. It's about how are you feeling? Can I help you? Feel feel stronger and more, more stable and more equipped to, you know, with, with, withstand, you know, lack of sleep and caring for a baby. Cause there is a, there's a lot of energy that we have to put out, um, as new moms and we should really just be tender on ourselves and, um, but take time to do the things. Yes. 100%. Like that whole snapback culture is like, yeah. ridiculous and you really it sounds like it's you're you know you're saying it's you're learning how to connect with your new body because the reality is you're going to be changed in a lot of different ways both physically emotionally Mm -hmm. after you have uh you know grown an entire human being 
and then that human being comes out of your body, you're going to be changed. And it's helping you to connect with your new self in a way that feels good, that feels supportive, that feels uplifting and not like rushing or anything about it or focused on, on a number exactly. or anything like that. Absolutely. Don't do that. Really um, remember you still have relaxin. It's still present. And that, that's again, those, the hormones that um, do relax your ligaments. So you want to give yourself some grace and not hurry back to anything because you, you know, ligaments for people that don't know, they are they join a bone to a bone and they, I always call them the lawmakers and they kind of, you know, they're like going to let you go enough. And then they're like, wait, stop here. And they, that's really good because when we get to an in range of motion, we want them as our kind of first stop. And when they're looser, you're going to be able to kind of slide into some, um, mobilization that, you know, you might not be controlling. So just be mindful of that. Like big, you don't have to go into big ranges of motion, practice breathing, practice breathing into your back body. A lot of moms have a lot of tension in their back and just putting your hand on your middle back. And that also helps with that retraining because hands-on is a wonderful signal to the brain. Like, oh, pay attention to this. So if you put your hand on your low back ribs and try and breathe into it, you're also make, trying to create that space that you need um, in the area that has kind of pitched forward or hinge and become a hinge joint. So that can be the practice. It doesn't have to be um, a lot of movement or like rah, rah, let's burn some calories. How about just, right. let's just, you know, try and enjoy and be awake and, and, and um, you know, and take care of your mental health. It's a very... Um, it's a time where you really, really, really have to pay attention to all the signals and give yourself a lot of grace and ask for help in any way, whether it's, you know, you need mental health or you need literal help, like with the baby, physical health, may ask for help because that, I think those are the things people don't talk about as much. You know, you have this baby, it's a miracle, it's wonderful. And yet you're exhausted. <laughs> Your body is, you know, like kind of feels foreign uh, hormones are just, you know, could be like a spiral. So uh, pay attention and know that that is part of it and that you can have, you know, get help in the ways that you need. Love it. Love it. Love it. So as we wrap up, what would you say is the most frustrating part of your work? Ask all my guests these questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, um, and the most frustrating part, and it's not frustrating, it's more like, uh, like me wanting to just get to as many people as possible. And that is just, you know, growing to, to the point where I can really reach a lot of people. And within that, I think the frustrating thing is when, you know, on social media, especially, but in other platforms, people will hear little sound bites of something. And that is confusing a message like that I might be sending. And so I get frustrated with, like, there's a lot you can't just read cliff notes to something like about movement, right? Or about pot. You have to really go deeper. And so there's a lot of people that offer opinions that are giving you cliff notes. And it, that can be, that can, that, that frustrates me because people will say, well, wait, I just read that this person wrote, you know, that anterior to pelvic tilt doesn't really matter. And I'm like, well, no, it does matter if you're in it habitually because that has, that has become your go-to way. And because anytime you tip your, tilt your pelvis, it's like a pot, it's going to have an impact up the spine and the spinal curves will then exaggerate instead of being more balanced. So I always say pain is such a low bar. Like I want people to have more energy. I want them to have, be able to move well. I want them to have efficiency and force production and endurance. There's many, many variables of movement. And so when people like pull it into a soundbite, it's frustrating as a kind of, a, you know, movement specialist to, 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 um, say, you know, I like look underneath. So mm -hmm. what I would say to people is there's a lot of information out there. I think this is where credentials do help because you at least know this person has dedicated, <laughs> Uh, their life to learning about this at an academic level, at a research level, yep. and et cetera. So sometimes that's frustrating because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I want people to know that we're not trying to fix something. We're trying to educate. 
And education is not something you're going to get in a little square. It's a little, you know what I mean? So, yes. <laughs> that's probably the most frustrating thing. Yeah. I'm sure you can relate. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Like you're not going to learn everything about getting ready from your birth, as you said, on a little square. It's just not, not, not going to happen. So on the flip side, what is the most rewarding part of your work? Oh, I just like want to cry. I, I think the most rewarding part is just hearing people who um, have literally like felt their life change just in learning how to move a little differently. Mm. And some of it is they're, they become pain-free. Some of it is that, um, you know, little sparks go off and, and it makes him realize like, oh, actually these are things that I am in control of. It's very empowering when you're, when, whether you're in pain or you don't have, um, or you might have low energy, it, it can feel very defeating. So I think that what's so amazing for me on a, on a daily basis is just to give people um, hope and confidence and empowerment that we can move well, we can um, do all the things we want to do and for many years. And if we learn about the body, again, it's, it is a complex system, but it doesn't have to be complicated at all. Mm, love that. Love that. So then what is your favorite piece of advice that you would like to give to expectant moms in particular? I will give the advice that I fortunately just, I don't think anybody gave it to me, but I think I was wired. And that is when mom is happy, everybody's happy. Like take (laughs) care. I even had it on my whiteboard, you know, and it was just like, take care of you. I have seen as again, my original population were moms and it was astounding how at least 50% of them had guilt over doing things for themselves. Right. And I think it's a conditioning. I think it's um, cultural. I, I think it might be changing, but it's still very, very, very wired there. It is. That, um, you know, if you're at home, even if you're not at home, it's even worse if you're, at, you know, you're working and, you know, trying to fulfill this ideal of being this mom. And all of that is forsaking you. You cannot forsake you because it all starts with you. If you're not taking care of you, um, the ship is not going to sail smoothly. It's already going to go through channels of turbulence. That is just a guarantee. So you, mm-hmm. you better t- strap in and take care of yourself first, unapologetically. It's To me, it's got to be one of these um, non-negotiables. Do the things... And that could be in whatever form, whether it's meditation or movement or taking a class that makes you feel, um, you know, alive and adult and human. Like you have to do that and your kids will benefit. You, you will be a better parent when you are more content with yourself and you will then model that, you know, for your children that you're not um, putting yourself last. Yes. Because that does, nobody want, no, nobody benefits from that truly. At all, at all, at all. So where can people find you and the resources and things that you have? Well, um, you can find my website, which again is lit, L-Y-T, Lara's Yoga Technique, lityoga.com. That has everything on there that has our trainings, that has information about me and my, my teachers. I have a teacher directory. So say you live in Sweden or something, you could type in and um, we have over 800 teachers all around the world in every continent except Antarctica. We um, have an online platform, uh, The Lit Daily, and you can access it from lityoga.com. And then my podcast is on there, Redefining Yoga. And finally, if you want to, on social media, um, you can find me at lara.hyman, L-A-R-A.hyman. And make sure you write me a direct message if you or listening and just, um, I'd love to hear from you. That's where I'm really the most interactive with um, messaging. So I, I really try and get back to everyone. Oh, awesome. Love it. And you have lots of videos and, and short clips of, of helpful movement things and all that good, great kind of stuff. So definitely everybody check it out. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast. This has been a great conversation and a great reminder for myself. I'm sort of a, um, 
I still feel like I'm in the beginning stages of yoga, but I definitely appreciate how it, the connection to the body is important. And I want to stay happy, healthy, and moving throughout my years as well. So, so many of the things you said resonated for sure. Well, good, Nicole. We'll get you on the platform. And, and uh, yeah, that's, again, there's lots of choices there, recognizing not everybody has an hour. We have 15 minute classes all the way up to an hour. We have mobility, we have stretching, we have high intensity training. We have everything. And um, we have a lot of, we have a lot of filters for that. Yeah. So awesome. And of course, pregnancy stuff too, guys. Yes. 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 Go mamas. Go mamas. I'm pulling (laughs) for mamas the most as a mama myself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was a pleasure. Wasn't that a great episode? I so appreciate and always love talking about yoga and I appreciate Laura's time on the podcast. Now, you know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes. And here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Laura. Number one, I really appreciate that she's very serious about understanding the body and her work. I say that because on social media, There are more and more people who are stepping into the social media space, um, both on Instagram, um, definitely a lot on TikTok. TikTok is like a whole nother beast. (laughs) I post videos there, but it's like, it's just different over there. And not everyone is really deserving of your attention to hear what they have to say. I guess what I'm saying is that just be mindful of where you place your trust and what people are saying. So make sure that people are serious and qualified with what they do. And qualified doesn't necessarily mean like a bunch of degrees or certifications necessarily, but you just want to be sure that the person talking about what they're talking about knows what they're talking about. And Lara is, uh, committed and, and, um, serious about what she's, what she's talking about. So I appreciate that. All right. Number two is they kind of go together. One, I appreciate the sentiment of embracing and connecting with your body. That's so important, not just during pregnancy, but really throughout life. But I think it's really important during pregnancy because although pregnancy can feel difficult, this is a time that is going to be short in your life. Um, having this, this baby inside of you, this is the time that you too will be the most connected than, you know, in your lifetime together of having this life. And it's a special bond that only you and your baby can share. So connect with your body, enjoy the experience, take some time to take pictures. Doesn't have to be anything complicated. It can just be, you know, cell phone pics and, and snaps, or if you want to do like a, a fancy maternity shoot, you can do that as well, but just embrace and connect with your body. And also know that your body's going to change after you have a baby. That's definitely going to change you. So, and that doesn't mean bad. It just means change. Your body's going to be different. So embrace and connect with your body. And in the spirit of change, I just want to emphasize again about the snapback piece. Like it's going to take some time for you to adjust to your new body postpartum. So give yourself some grace with that as well. And then the final thing I want to say is that I appreciate her sentiment of you can't do Cliff's notes to like learn things. (laughs) If you want to really get into something, you want to do something in a structured way. Like that's the most efficient use of your time. And Cliff's notes to me includes like, and I I hope I'm not dating myself with like Cliff's notes. I hope y'all even know what Cliff's notes are. It used to be like, like these summaries of things or complex topics to try to short circuit the learning. But That's what I see people sometimes doing with social media, like trying to string together a series of one minute, two minute videos about things and watch that and think that they're like educated on something. And and, and that just doesn't, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to put in some effort. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to put in a lot of time, but you need to put in some effort to make sure you are learning things in a way that isn't short-circuiting things as really um, being intentional and mindful and helping you get through something in the best way possible. That's of course what I do inside of the birth preparation course. 
And I would love for you to, to, to take that approach as well. If you don't take the birth preparation course then definitely take some sort of childbirth education in an organized, structured fashion, because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. So you can check out the course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. And don't forget that we are collecting gifts for folks to give away some spots in the birth preparation course. I'd love to collect enough for at least five, the more, the better. So just head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash gift in order to do that. All right. So there you have it. Be sure to share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. It helps me reach and serve more people. So if you love this podcast, help your friends love it too by sharing and be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review in Apple podcast, I would appreciate it. I read those reviews. I love to hear what you say about the show. And I do shout outs from those reviews from time to time as well. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I give lots of information there. We can continue the conversation from the podcast on the gram. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth.